name of Jesus, I just declare every debt in this house paid in Jesus' name. The church as a whole does not, we don't, we don't know anything, but I'm, I'm talking about in your lives. Let your lives, let every debt be completely paid. Let you be completely out of debt. Let you be the lender and not the borrower in Jesus' name. Let you be the head and not the tail in your finances. Lord, I call for new jobs in this place. <clears throat> Just this week. Uh, we had somebody just this week, last week, they said, we didn't have much to give, but we just gave a little bit extra. This week, two jobs came out of, the, came out of that. It's, when you honor God, God will honor you, and it's not a fair trade. It's not like, all right, I'm going to honor God on this level, and he's going to honor me on this level. No, he, when he honors you, it's like way up here. And that's what we got to understand about the Lord is it's not a fair trade when he, when he honors us, right? And so we just give him our heart and he gives us our heart. The only, the only difference is it's kind of like the girls. Like if, if our kids give to us and they give out of their abundance, well, it might be pretty, you know, it might be pretty decent, but out of their abundance, you know, let's just take Christmas, for instance. Out of their abundance, they might give, you know, 20 50 bucks if they've stayed up and done well. Uh, Abigail had a, like a birthday present this, this year for me. It's the biggest one she'd ever gotten for me. And I think it was what, 80 or 90 bucks. She had, she had saved up and gave me a birthday present, 80 or 90 bucks from a 16 year old. That's pretty good. God had blessed her, right? But let me tell you something. When we go to honor them, it's different yeah. because we're operating on a different level. And so like, I mean, I was just looking on Christmas morning. I was like 100, 200, 300, 400, 500. Like that's just sitting there in that pile, you know. And uh, you, our honor is different. I'm telling you, God's honor is different. If you give him your heart and he starts to honor you, you can't stop it. He wants to bless you in so many ways. And a lot of people don't realize that, that when we just honor in a little way what we have, when we take what's in our hand, look what he did with the loaves and the fishes. He took five loaves and two fishes and fed 5,000 men, not counting the, the women and children. So we're looking at close to 15,000 people. Have you ever seen that many Happy Meal boxes stacked up? I mean, have you ever seen that much? Do you know how much food that is? That's a lot of food from two fish and five loaves. When we will hand him our heart, when we will hand him who we are, and we will hand him what we have in our hands, he'll take it and he'll do something supernatural with it. Amen? Man, that goes right along with what we're talking about this morning. Uh, we're talking this morning about first honor, about honoring with our first and with our best. Honoring, first honor, and we're specifically talking about in, in the area of fasting and prayer. Because we're heading into 2019, and this is going to be a glorious year for this body of Christ. It is, it is going to be, the word I told them in prayer uh, this morning, we always have prayer uh, from 9 to 10 every Sunday morning. Anybody is welcome to come. Listen, uh, the Lord told us years ago, years ago, actually in our living room, uh, Miss Kathy, you were there told us years ago, prayer, that corporate prayer was the front lines of our ministry. That's why we still call it front lines prayer today. It's the front lines. Anybody is welcome to come and pray. And that's where we pray out the advanced 
advancement of the lives of the people that are a part of Boomerang and the people that will be a part. If you're coming here today, you end up being a part of Boomerang. I just want you to know that we've been praying for you for years. Uh, we've been lifting you up. We might not have known your name, but the Lord started putting you on our hearts and saying, look, we want to pray that your life will go where God wants it to go, that you'll be who God's called you to be, that you will have fullness of joy in your life and you will do the things God's called you to do. Amen. And uh, we don't want to see you just be a sideline Christian. We don't want to see you being a, a armchair quarterback Christian either, like a Monday morning quarterback. Uh, oh, if I was if I was going there, I'd do it this way. No, we want to see you in the mix, in the trenches, beating back the devil, winning victory for Christ, knowing how to pray for somebody, seeing the power of God move through your own hands and your prayers. And when you get to heaven, you stand in front of the master and he says, well done, good and faithful servant. That's the kind of people we're looking for. That's, that's what we want you to be, and we see you as that. And I want you to know that this message this morning, if you'll get a hold of it, I'm telling you, your life will completely change. Your life will not be the same after this message if you'll grasp the concepts and the word and the truth that's in this message this morning. So we're talking about fasting and prayer, but we're not just talking about that. It has to do with an attitude of our heart, a heart of honor, a heart of, of uh, doing the things God's way, a heart of going after him and what we will find when we go after him. And here's what you'll find. You'll find that when we turn to God, God was sitting there waiting with open arms, ready to pour out in into your life, ready to empower you to be. Uh, we said it, uh, Nicole said it earlier today in prayer. Look, Christianity is not a weak person sport. You got to be tough. You got to have some grit and you got to understand who you are in Christ. It's not boring. It is something that is quite lively and uh, it will, it will challenge you. It will grow you and you'll have a lot of fun doing it if you do it the right way. Now, if you don't do it the right way, it'll stink. Yep. Right? Amen. But if you do it the right way, it's awesome. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. What, you ought to see it. The first time you play, place your hands on somebody and pray, yep. and they're miraculously healed yep. right in front of your eyes. Yep. Oh, that's a good feeling. Yep. You ought to see it when lives start to change right in front of you. This person was, was you know, gangbanger, and all of a sudden, now they're going after Christ with the same passion that they went after the world. Now they're going after Jesus. You're talking about things that totally change. You ought to see it when families start to, start to turn around. You ought to see it. And it's glorious. And when that person knows, like, I, I know my flesh misses those old portions. My flesh misses doing some of that stuff that the world calls fun, but I don't miss it anymore. That was the old me and I don't want to be that person anymore. I want to be who God called me to be. You ought to see it and feel it when you start seeing those changes in the lives of the people around you. You'll see it here on Sunday morning. You'll see it in life groups. Uh, you'll see it uh, when you get together and you, and you start knowing that when you pray, something's going to happen. Get a hold of what we're talking about this morning and your life can completely change. Amen? Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Well, let's, let's look in the Word here. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6. 
and verse 16. Matthew 6, verse 16. As I've been praying about the new year, we have several things that are coming up in the new year. One of the biggest things that I want to talk to you about this morning is just fasting and prayer. Uh, we're going to be doing 21 days of fasting and prayer uh, going into this new year. We're giving, our, we're giving the best and the first of our new year to the Lord. Now, you can choose, you, I would recommend that you just ask, uh, Lord, what would you have me to fast? What would you have me uh, to give to you during this 21 days? What would you have me to do? And he'll tell you what to do. And let me tell you, there's all different kinds of fast, but let me, let me explain something to you. And you can pull up all of these notes extended at notes.bclife.org. Uh, I believe they'll put this up here for you, notes.bclife.org. You can pull those notes up and see everything listed out. On your uh, handout, you just have uh, the scriptures listed out. I believe it's notes, N-O-T-E-S. Uh, you just have the scriptures listed out on your handout, but when you go there, you can pull it up. Uh, you'll see all of them typed out for you. Now, uh, when, we, when we fast and pray... Uh, we start to give ourselves to the Lord. Uh, a lot of people, what I found was very interesting was several years ago, the Lord, or I guess a couple of years ago, the Lord led me to do some extensive fasting and praying. And when I did, there's some things that really started to come alive to me. And I started to see what a great tool that God has given us in fasting and in prayer. You remember that there was one uh, time that they were praying over a guy that was demon possessed and the disciples couldn't do it. And then Jesus says, come out. And he says, this kind doesn't come out, but by prayer and fasting. Now we have authority over demonic, but it's what kind of authority are we walking in? They are, these are tools that God has given us to move the supernatural things of God. And you remember at the beginning, I said, God's looking for people that will partner with him. In other words, if we will not decide to partner with God, will the things of God happen in the earth? Well, they'll happen, but he'll find somebody else. He'll find somebody else. And many times he doesn't want to find somebody else. He wants you. He wants you to be the one that God is partnering with. It, matter of fact, it says this. It says, the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the whole earth, searching for someone whose heart is pure or perfect towards him or mature towards him, that he might show himself strong on their behalf. That means God's looking for you. He's looking for you to have a heart that's pure after him so that he can be strong on your behalf. Tell your neighbor, say, he's looking for me. All right, now we got to jump on it a little bit quicker and a little bit louder this time, all right? Tell your neighbor with some purpose and conviction, God's looking for me. I will be one whose heart is pure towards him. And he will show himself strong, show strong. Through, me. through me. Amen. All you're doing is quoting scripture right there. When you start to realize that, you mean God wants to use you? Yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly. He wants to use you. Well, does he know what I've done? He does. <laughs> he knows what I've done too. He does know what you've done, and yet he still wants to use you. 
Man, His mercy is something else. His mercy is something else. Now going into this year, as I've been praying about 2019, the thing, the word that keeps coming to me is manifestation. Manifestation. God wants to manifest things in your life this year. I believe we're going to see more manifestation this year than we've ever seen ever, ever before. In, in a couple of weeks, Boomerang turns 10 years old. Glory to God. We'll, we'll, be, we'll be a decade. Uh, it's funny. Luke's been learned what a decade is, so he's been measuring things by decades. Like, we'll be one decade in a couple of weeks on January the 11th. And uh, started in our, in our living room. And uh, we had nothing, uh, not tied to anybody or anything really, uh, just being trying to be obedient to the Lord, seeking to humble ourselves and submit ourselves. But we weren't part of a denomination. We had no big check to launch a church or anything like that. Uh, we had our couches and a folding table that was ours. And uh, we had a boom box, glory to God, set up on the, set up on the piano. And uh, the piano we didn't play because it was out of tune. Nobody knew how to play it anyway. And, uh, but we set the boom box up there and we played worship music and we put the words up on the screen and we, and we had worship. And it was real. Yeah. And it was alive. Mm -hmm. And it was genuine. And God visited us. And so now, 10 years later, uh, the Lord has blessed us in this beautiful building. This year, the last count for this year, we've had over 2,586 commitments to Christ this year. Not in 10 years, this year. The average church wins two people to the Lord a year. Average church, two people. We've had 2,586, and that's you guys putting work into it. You mean, and, and we, for years, we've done more with smaller numbers than most big churches have done, right? And that's, that's not saying that they're doing it wrong. It's just we're believing God to do big. Yeah. We're believing God to do great and mighty things yeah. because we want to be those people that God does exploits through, yeah. who shows his power in. Wow, they did that? With what they have, right. we just keep giving them what's in our hands and we keep giving them our heart. And if you'll do that same thing in your life and in your home and in your family, God will show himself strong on your behalf. But this year he wants to do manifestations. Just, just close your eyes for a second and just think about this. Now, God promises us as children of God to heal us, divine health. I mean nothing wrong in your body. God tells us that he wants to provide for us in our finances, that we will be the lender and not the borrower. Now, I'll just ask you something on that. Can you lend if all your bills aren't paid? No. Can you lend if you're in debt? No. He wants you completely in abundance. In order to be the lender, you've got to be in abundance. He says, I want you to be in abundance. I want to overflow your cup. He says, I want to deliver you. I want to protect you. I want to restore your home, your family. I want to restore your marriage. I want, I want you saved from anything. All of these things are the manifestations of God. Then over in 1 Corinthians 12, you've got the gifts of the Holy Spirit or the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. You have speaking in tongues, interpretation, the working of miracles, healing, 
right? You've got all these things that God wants to manifest in our life. What do you want manifested in your life this year? Would you like to be out of debt? Would you like to not be living month to month, paycheck to paycheck? Would you like to have your body uh, completely healed? Would you like to become the soul winner that God's called you to be? Where you're leading hundreds of people each year to the Lord. Hundreds and maybe even thousands of people to the Lord. All it takes is somebody who says, Lord, I'm yours. I'm yours and I'm going to go after you. What manifestations would you like to have in your life this year in 2019? Would you like to slam the door on the past and never look back? That is available to you. And I'm going to tell you today how to start it off right. We have coming up at the end of January a meeting called Kickstart. And it is specifically designed to kickstart your year. I mean, and it's going to be a blowout, Holy Ghost power show up. It's going to be uh, give you a word for this year and kick your year off in the right direction. You should be telling people about it. If you've got friends that they need some help in their lives, they want to be here for that. Well, we're going to pray and fast going into this year saying, Lord, this year is yours. 2019, this is your year. I'm not going to do it like I've, I'm not going to have a year like I've had in the past. This is a new year. It's a year of my manifestation in Jesus' name. I will be who you called me to be, and I will walk in the power that you've called me to walk in. Lord, show yourself strong on my behalf this year. I'll be that person. Show yourself strong. I'm tired of making excuses. I'm tired of playing church. I'm tired of checking the box, but there's no fruit to go along with it. I want to be a soul winner. I want to make disciples. I want to pray for people and see them well. I want the bills to be paid. I don't want to have to be calling and trying to move money around. I want to be healed. I don't want to be sick. This is my year for manifestation. Now if that's you, say amen. See, when you get to that place where it starts burning inside of you, now you can start applying an expectation and a faith and you'll see God will meet those things. But you've got to get it inside of you. And the first thing is a lot of people need to know that it's there. Like a lot of people don't know that God actually wants to move in that way. They just go going through life and they don't know that God has good things for them. They don't know that stuff. And so we need to know that God has those plans for us. Amen? Amen. So let's look at this. A couple of years ago, like I said, the Lord started leading me to fast and do some extended fast. So I'm not talking about one or two days or even a week. It was much longer than that. And in that process, it changed me. I mean, it changed me. Praise God that he led me down that direction. Now, one of the surprising things uh, for me that I never thought would happen was after I started walking in some of that, uh, the Lord would have me get up and start talking and preaching and teaching on fasting and praying. And I'm like, Lord, your word says uh, that we shouldn't let our left hand know what our right hand is doing. I don't want to tell people that I've been fasting. He says, I want you to teach them on it. And then he asked me this question. He said, how would you even know about fasting if I didn't talk about it? And you're called to teach people about me. I was like, 
That's a great point. I wouldn't know that Jesus fasted if somebody hadn't, if the Holy Ghost hadn't put it in the word that he fasted. He said, you're in the office of a pastor. You're called to teach people about these things. And so I want you to talk about it. Well, the results were so significant once we started fasting. It was amazing. And since I started talking about it, I would say, you know, maybe 20 different preachers have told me I started fasting because you were, you were talking about it. I was like, glory to God. So now we're not just affecting, you know, just boomerang. We're talking about multiple churches and their congregations being affected because I was obedient to what the Lord told me to do. Then, not only that, but we saw breakthrough in the lives of people. We saw breakthrough. Matter of fact, that first year after that, the Lord started telling us to believe God to be out of debt. In this congregation, in the people and the partners of Boomerang, in that one year period of time, I think it was 2017, one year period of time, it was over $950,000 worth of debt was supernaturally erased. In here. 950, do you realize what a burden that is that came off of the backs of people? $950,000 in one year. That's supernatural. Only God can do that. Well, that's part of the breakthrough that happened. Now, I want you to see this. When we step into the things of God and we partner with him, a lot of times when we talk about fasting and prayer, when we talk about these things, one of the things that goes through our mind is uh, fasting. That's going to hurt. That's going to hurt. And when I started talking about fasting, I, this is what I found in the church. You... And many of you may be like this, and that's okay. But it's good for you to learn and to hear this. But I had many people come up to me and say, I've never fasted. I've never fasted. I was really surprised by that. I personally was shocked by that because I, I always kind of grew up. And every now and then I'd just fast. I might go several years and not do it. But every now and then I would fast. And I just, you know, have a day or two or a week here or there. And, but I had so many people come up to me and say, I don't do it. Let me show you something. Matthew 6 and verse 16. Matthew 6, verse 16 through 18. Whenever you fast, do not put on a gloomy face as the hypocrites do. For they neglect their appearance so that they will be noticed by men when they are fasting. Truly I say to you, they have their reward in full. So one of the things that's very important here to notice is, what's the heart that he's telling you to stay away from? Don't get in pride being like, oh, look at me, I fasted. Yeah. Right? That, that, he's saying stay away from that. If you want to be noticed by men for your fasting, you have the wrong heart in it. It's different from teaching on it or telling you experiences in it. Yeah. I know hearing other men talk about the fact that they uh, went through, other men and women, that they did a 40-day fast and didn't die, that helped me, right? You did a 40-day fast and you didn't die? Well, maybe I can do it too, right? And then all of a sudden you start, it builds your confidence. You know, uh, I mean, I've had some people say... Yeah, I felt like I was going to die after three days. I'm like, I know, just keep on. It'll go away. And uh, it's your flesh. And you start to realize how strong has the flesh's voice been in my life. 
And in Romans chapter 8, it says that the mind set on the spirit is life and peace, but the mind set on the flesh is death. So if the flesh's voice is so strong that, it, that you think you're going to die when you're not, then all of a sudden you've got to understand that my flesh's voice is probably pushing me around in a lot of other areas of my life. And now I'm wondering why my life has not been where it's supposed to be. Now I know. Because I've given credence, I've listened to the voice of the flesh, and I didn't realize how strong it was. Let me tell you something. When you start fasting for real fasting, not just like, well, I'm not going to eat, you know, French fries. You know, that's, that's not really fasting. Uh, but when you start really fasting, all of a sudden, your flesh's voice, you're going to find out how loud it is. Because imagine spoiled child brat throwing the fit on the floor. That's your flesh, and, and you'll find out about day two or three. Or one. <laughs> or one. You'll find out. And you'll find out just how strong it is. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden you'll start to walk in and see, as you continue to tell that flesh's voice no, guess what you're telling yes to? The spirit's voice. And now all of a sudden you start, here, here's what it looks like in the spirit. You've been walking on this level, walking, walking, and then you start telling the flesh no and the spirit yes, and you start walking here. And you keep on doing that, and you start walking here. You keep on doing that, and you start walking here. And before you know it, you're above your problems. This is the tool of fasting. But see, most people go, fasting, man, that's going to hurt. But here's what they don't understand. There's a supernatural power and a supernatural grace and strength that's available to you that most people don't even know about. They don't, I didn't know about it until I started doing it. I, I, I knew about it in a sense, but I'd never applied it properly. I never, I never knew just how real it was. And so what they do is they think about the pain of the flesh from fasting, but they don't think about the glory that God wants to pour out in their lives. They think more about the pain of it than it's the same thing when God says, I want you to go pray and you're in the middle of your favorite TV show. Same thing. Well, I don't want to. I want to watch that show. I know. And God says, but I want you to go pray. And you're like, ah, I want to watch the show. And you say, I'll pray a little bit later. Same thing on fasting. I want you to go fast. I don't want, I want to eat. Same thing. And when we learn to pay attention to the voice of the spirit over the voice of the flesh, all of a sudden, we start to move into an area where the power of God flows in our life for real. For real. And so, a lot of times what we're doing is we're paying more attention to that voice of the flesh than we are of the spirit. And because of that, we're held back. Uh, Bishop David Oyedepo says this, don't eat away your destiny. Don't eat away your destiny. Don't be so focused on eating that you don't do what Christ commanded us to do and your destiny slips through your fingers because you wouldn't take the time to fast for a few days. All right. I'm in your business. I know. I'm sorry. Um, so whenever you fast, do not put on gloomy face as the hypocrites do, for they neglect their appearance. So see, they're going, they're going to another level. They'll actually neglect their appearance just to be noticed by men. That's not what you do. You want to act like you, nothing's even going on. See, people of faith, even if people of faith are, I mean, they're down to their last penny, 
a lot of times you won't be able to know it. So a lot of times the Lord will say, hey, I want you to go give, you know, 100 bucks to this person and go give 10 bucks to this person. You're like, Lord, they don't need it. Who, who do you, who's saying that? You don't know. Because if they're moving in faith, they're not putting on a gloomy face. Oh, woe is me. If I only had $10 today, I could pay my bills and go out to eat. If I only had 10 more dollars. See, if you're in faith, people ought not to be, even be able to tell. A lot of times the people who need it the most and the ones who are walking correctly are the ones who don't look like they need it. Why? Because they know God's going to come through. They're not putting on a gloomy face. Right? Same thing. Same principle here. He says this. He says, but, but you, he says, if, if they get attention from men at the end of verse 16, truly I say to you, they have their reward in full. In other words, would you want to fast and not eat and then your reward is people pat you on the back? Not me. Not when the other side of the reward is the supernatural power of God. Would I rather have you go, oh, good job, Pastor Brian. Or would I rather have God say, bless him. Man, I want God. So I don't want to be known for what I'm doing that looks holy, for my prayer, for my fasting. I want to be known in him. If he hadn't told me to talk about it, I wouldn't be talking about it. I wouldn't be talking about it. You wouldn't know. Sometimes I'm fasting and people don't know until they, we have a dinner and we go to it and they're like, why aren't you eating? Because mm. <laughs> I felt led not to today. <laughs> oh, are you fasting? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Perhaps. I'm not trying to let people know, but I shouldn't look like it either. Now, if you're doing some serious fasting, though, sometimes it's hard to, I mean, I dropped like 40 pounds, you know, and I had to get new clothes and stuff like that, right? Well, that's kind of hard. I mean, you know, some people are like, are you sick? No, I'm not sick. What are you doing? I'm fasting. For real? That much? Yes. Why? I'm hungry for the things of God. I want God. I want them in my life. I want them in the people's lives at Boomerang. I want them in people's lives that I come in contact with that don't go to Boomerang. I want them in pastors' lives that I'm around. I want the things of God. I want what God calls normal and I'm hungry for it. I'm not going to make excuses for it. I'm going to put down the fork so that I can walk in it. Because it's a tool that God's given me and He will empower me to do it. And He'll empower you the same way. He says this, but when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, so that your fasting will not be noticed by men, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Now, a lot of times we look at this and we say, okay, I don't need to fast in front of men. I don't need to do this. Uh, but here's what we miss. Go back to verse 16. And look at the first part, the very first couple of words of this verse. If you fast, is that what it says? If you decide to fast, is that what it says? No. When? Go to verse 17. What does it say? Now this is Jesus talking, red letters in your Bible. But you, if you fast, no, when you fast. As a believer, this is something we ought to be doing. Now again, I'll tell you, let me go ahead and knock this story out real quick because a lot of people, a lot of people don't realize this portion of it. So 
in the fasting that I did, when I say I did an extended fast, when I say an extended fast, I'm talking three weeks or further. Okay, And generally when I fast, the word fast literally in the Hebrew means to cover your mouth. So you're not eating. That's what it means. Not, not eating. Now, there's different kinds of fast and you have different, uh, different things that you might be doing. In other words, you might be keeping a full-time schedule uh, like the first time I did uh, the, the extended fast that I was talking about. I was keeping a full-time schedule, coaching a soccer team, running around everywhere, and I, and I was traveling more in that period of time than I'd traveled the whole year. So I was like, Busy traveling, coaching the soccer team, and on, when I'm coaching, I'm not just blowing the missile, whistle in the middle of the field. I was running the drills with them and everything. I'm extending, I'm, I'm giving energy out, right? And so I decided, and I asked the Lord, what do you want me to do? And when you're doing those things, you have to hear from the Lord. Sometimes what we want to do is we want to be like super Christian and be like, well, I'm not eating anything. I'm just going to have water. And that's all I'm going to do is just have water. And God didn't tell you to do that. You have to hear from him. So let me just give you these kind of ideas of fasting. If you have any questions about uh, the mechanics of this or anything, just come to me later and ask me. Here's what I want you to do. Lord, what would you have me to do? God's told Boomerang to have a 21-day fast. You're a part of Boomerang. Then I'm going to say, hey, Lord, what's my portion of that? What do you want me to do? Well, you have several different kinds. To fast means to cover your mouth. Now, generally what we do in our home is anytime we're in a fast, not only do we fast food, but we also fast media. Like we don't watch TV. We don't watch movies. We don't scroll on Facebook. We don't scroll on Instagram. You'd be amazed the addiction that my finger has to doing this, right? And you'd be amazed at how, how much we want to scroll and see what people are up to. But what you have is I don't want input from a corrupted world at all. I just want input from you, Father. So we generally do like a media fast in that way as, as well. But that in itself is not the fast. That's something that the Lord has directed us to. It's a very good thing uh, to do. I can tell you more about that later. But what we generally do is we ask our girls uh, who are 16 and 14, and we say, you pray, find out what the Lord wants you to do. And generally, here's the levels of fast. Fasting. You have a fast that is literally no food and no water. That's actually in the Word. Uh, you see um, Esther actually uh, called the fast with no food and no water. I think it was for four days, three days. And uh, so she calls no food, no water for three days. I'm aware actually of some uh, people over in northern Nigeria uh, where there's, uh, it's very demonic. And kids, 10-year-old kids will fast, no food, no water for 10 days. That's impossible. You will die if it's not supernatural provision. Yeah. But they've heard, but here's what they know. If we don't fast, we die because it's so demonic over here. And so you've got, this is from my friend, my pastor friend in Nigeria. He said, there's kids up in the north. Kids, 10 years old, 11 years old, they're fasting for 10 days, no food, no water. And we've got adults in America that can't fast for a day. So that should tell us something. All right, let's step it up a little bit. Let's stop being the, the weaklings and let's be the people that God's called us, who God can show himself strong on our behalf. 
And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, you have these, you have no food, no water. Then you have generally what most people consider a fast, no solid food, only water. Okay, only water. This is a serious fast. Both of those are very serious fast. And if you don't believe it, just go a few days and you'll find out. It's a serious fast. And, and generally, unless God's told you to do that, uh, a lot of times when people were fasting, they were stopping from their normal work. So if you're going 21 days and you stop from work, that's not a great position to be in. So you need to hear from the Lord on what he wants you to do. At the same time, it is available to you. Then you have you can have like juice or like a fruit smoothie or something like that. So no solid food. Uh, no solid food. Sometimes people will have broth or something like that. And trust me, when you lose some weight, uh, you start to get cold because you're losing some of that insulation, the fat insulation, and you want something warm. <laughs> and uh, it's, you know, it's just physics. And then you have fasts uh, where you will do something like uh, a Daniel fast. Now a Daniel fast, there's certain rules about it. Uh, basically you're not eating a lot of preservatives or meat, uh, some fruits and nuts. And, um, but uh, a lot, sometimes people will take advantage of that. They'll say, oh, well, I can have, you know, tortilla chips and three bags of them, you know. Um, and then you have a fast. That's not what you want to do, of course, on the Daniel fast. Sometimes people, Daniel fast and the next one I'm going to do is a very good entrance into fasting. And um, a lot of times what happens is, though, people will take advantage of that and eat, you know, four bags of tortilla chips because they're on, on the, it's, we're supposed to be limiting our flesh, not giving into it. At the same time, here's another one is where this is a very good one. And it's actually, it's great because you have some food, but you also are challenged. It, it will challenge you. Um, challenge your flesh is you have one meal a day after six o'clock. Well, you'll still have plenty of food uh, to get, get through life, to maintain a full schedule, but you will feel the effects of it and you'll have to put down your flesh. That is a great entrance one. You find all of these fasts in the Bible. When it talks about fasting, you'll find all of these. Here's the big key that we say is at the end of your fast, if you, if you haven't lost weight, you probably didn't fast. Right? You want to at least drop a pound or two because I've stopped putting some of that stuff in. So these are just some of the mechanics. Now here's what I wanted to tell you to kind of knock this out. Because a lot of people, as soon as you start, start talking about fasting, uh, they go, oh man, I can't do that. I, can't, I don't want to do that. Let me tell you something, a, a short story about this. When I was doing the first uh, extended fast... I had, I was on, uh, I was keeping that schedule I was telling you about, but I was, I was having juice and I was having a smoothie. I had about one smoothie a day because I was expending so much energy, you want protein so that your muscles don't deteriorate. Now, if God tells you to do it differently and you know that you've heard from God and you salt wise counts on it, then you could do less. But you want to make sure that you've heard from the God and you're not just trying to be super Christian. So then what, what he said was, I want you to have fruit juice and I want you to have a smoothie and do that. So I did that, no solid food for 40 days and I lost like 40 pounds. 
And uh, uh, I didn't even know, I'd never done one before, never done a 40-day fast. And, uh, you know, I guess some people would say, well, you still had some juice. I'm like, you do it, and then we'll talk. And uh, yeah, let, let's let you do that, and then we'll have some good conversation. Because trust me, it, it was challenging. And um, 40 days. However, in that process, I changed. A few months later, I did another 40-day fast that was even less. I think during that period of time, I think I had like five smoothies uh, the whole time. And I had some broth, uh, but basically it was all liquid, no solid food. I lost some, lost some weight again. And uh, so in that process, I had a couple of times, uh, three times specifically, where I just, I stepped into this place and I was hurting. My body was hurting, right? And I went, Lord, I know that you've called me to fast. And I'm sitting there going, ow. And I called our leadership team and I said, I said, y'all need to pray for me. I was like, I know I'm not supposed to stop, but my body's hurting right now. I mean, my body's hurting. And uh, it was one of those places you ever get to those places where I didn't even feel like praying. Like I didn't even want to expend the energy to open my mouth. That's how, that's where I was at. And it was like towards the end of the fast, but I was hurting. Well, they prayed and I just, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. And the next morning I woke up and I felt like I wasn't even fasting. It felt like I had just eaten a lot of food. It felt like I was not even, I wasn't even in the middle of the fast. I had so much energy and my eyes kind of opened. to. I was like, man, there was a supernatural strength available to me. And I didn't even know that it was there for me to tap into. This is part of what we're doing when we're fasting is we're saying, Lord, I'm not going to put in what's normal and I'm going to trust you for the supply. I'm trusting you to make up the difference. I'll give you me, you give me energy and you give me supernatural strength. And so uh, then the Lord said this to me. I was like, Lord, wow, this was available. And the Lord said this. He spoke it to me. He said, this power is available to you every single day, whether you're fasting or not. And my mind was like, whoa, how long have I been not walking in these things? And all of a sudden, I started to realize there was so much more that I was not tapping into the supernatural power of God. And that was one of the biggest revelations that I had. Well, when I went into the second fast, the second 40-day fast, it wasn't long where I started feeling like that again. And I said, well, I'm just, I called for the leadership team, the ELT, to pray again. Guess what happened? The power of God. It happened again a couple weeks later. I felt really low, really. And uh, one of the things that I found was I didn't want to work. Like I just, I didn't want to think about anything. I didn't want to put effort into anything. I was feeling run down. And so I said, but you know what? There's this supernatural power. Lord, I just believe you right now. And I receive supernatural strength. I woke up the next day. I had so much energy. I got like three days worth of work done. Like I was like buzzing around the house. And I hadn't had a, a thing to eat supernatural strength. So a lot of times what's happening is God says, go do this thing that looks impossible. And we say, no, that's impossible. Instead of saying, oh, how can I do it? 
If you've told me, then you're going to empower me over here. And that's what makes the difference between people that walk in the supernatural and people that don't walk in the supernatural. Because some people recognize if God's told me to do it, then I will have everything I need. If he told me to feed the people out in the wilderness, then somehow he's going to bring a boy with two loaves and the, or the five loaves and two fishes, and he's going to do something supernatural with what I hand to him. If I'll just hand him me, God will use it as a tool to do something supernatural in my life. So just because your flesh right now is going, oh, I don't want to fast. Don't give up on it. Look to, to the Lord. Look to your supply. Look to your source and say, he's going to give me something to, to get me over the hump. He's going to give me something to tell my flesh, no, I trust him enough to believe him that way. Amen? Amen. So now look at this. Isaiah 58 and verse 6. Isaiah 58 and verse 6. What's available to us through fasting? What's available? And think about this. If I'll fast, whatever God's written about fasting can become mine. All of a sudden, this becomes a tool. It becomes something that God help, gives us to help us live a supernatural life. What's available to us? And now I'm not relying on my own strength to fast. I can believe God for supernatural to empower me. Well, all of a sudden it's just like giving. You remember where it says he gives seed to the sower? In other words, once I become a sower in my heart, then he'll give me seed to plant. Just like this morning, whether you were uh, ready to come and give or not, you were given a seed. It was called an em empty envelope. Even if you didn't have anything to give, you could give that envelope back and it was the beginning seed for you. Well, it's the same thing. If I'll become a, a faster, if I'll become a Christian who fasts, God will give me the strength to do it. So look at what is available in fasting if we make up our heart to be that. Verse 6. Is this not the fast which I choose to loosen the bonds of wickedness? Let me just tell you, more people are bound by the wickedness of this corrupted world than we have a clue about. If you could see it, it would scare you. There's so much wickedness that binds us and really it binds our thinking. We don't realize how much we are uh, hamstrung, how much we are bound by the wickedness of corruption in this earth. In other words, what I'm telling you is you probably have some bounds on you right now that you didn't even know were there. But fasting will break them. It says this, to undo the bands of the yoke. Have you ever felt like you're under a yoke and you're under a burden? Have you ever felt like that? Well, fasting will undo that. It will loosen those things. To let the oppressed go free and break every yoke. Fasting will help you break every yoke. It's kind of like this. It's kind of like if you were kidnapped and tied up and the Lord put a knife in your hand to cut the bonds. That's what fasting is. Uh, how crazy would it be for somebody who was kidnapped and in bondage sitting there to have a knife dropped in their hand and they never use it? Well, I don't have enough strength to use it. God will give you the strength. 
That's exactly what fasting does. It'll start to break those bonds in your life. I can tell you from my experience, all of a sudden, I, during that period of time, I had a really interesting uh, situation through those days. But one of the things I found is when I came out the other side of that first extended fast, I was a different person. Because those bonds had been broken. I mean, the bounds, they had been let loose. And I came out a different kind of Christian. I was just different. Why? Because I had been in bondage I didn't even know. And I, I was a pastor. But see, that's what I'm saying. We walk in more stuff bound than what we realize. But when I started fasting, it started popping off those bounds that I didn't even know were there. But God could see them. I just gave myself to him and he took care of the rest. I just handed him what I had in my hand, and he, uh, he applied the supernatural. I gave him me. Well, then all of a sudden it says this, verse 7, what does fasting do? It, is it not to divide your bread with the hungry and to bring the homeless poor into your house, and when you see the naked to cover him, and not to hide yourself from your own flesh? In other words, it'll open up your ability to do what God's called you to do. In other words, a lot of times what ends up happening is we want to be Christian, we want to do certain things, but we just feel held back from being who God's called us to be. And it says, will this not stop you, uh, in other words, get you away from the flesh, hide you from your flesh? Won't it get you away from your flesh? That's what fasting will do. See, when we live by the flesh, it ends up equating into death and lack. But when we live by the Spirit, it's life and peace. And so when we start to fast, we start immediately moving into the places of the Spirit and away from the places of death in the flesh. Verse 8. When you fast, your light will break out like the dawn. Now, I believe this means two different things. This means one, light always talks about revelation. It also means glory. In other words, you'll start to see things in the Word that have been there the whole time, but you never saw them before. Fasting will start to open your eyes about things in the Word. Not only that, but the glory of God will start to be seen in you. People will say, you look different. You're acting different. You're, you're a different person. Why? Because His glory, His light is starting to shine out of you because you started fasting. Your recovery will speedily spring forth. Yeah, I mean, it won't be hanging around waiting. Uh, no, your recovery will start to speedily spring forth. Amen. Your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. The righteousness, righteousness of God, it says, is the scepter of the Lord. It's the authority. In other words, when you start to fast, here's what happens. The righteousness of God in Christ will start to go before you and just clear a path. I mean, there'll be enemies all mounted up in your future. And the, when you start to fast, the righteousness of God will just start clearing the path. It will go before you. And by the time you get there, it'll be a clear path. This is what fasting does. Can you see why the devil doesn't want you to fast? Because we're talking about solving all kinds of problems in our lives. We're talking about solving all kinds of things. He says, the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. In other words, he won't, he won't even be able to sneak up on you. 
I'm telling you, this is what I found in the Lord, that when I need to know something, the Lord tells me. He's told me what people are thinking before. He's told me, he's shown me exactly what's going on, exactly what the plan of the enemy is. He's, he's had this same uh, uh, characteristic all throughout the Bible. In the Old Testament, they said uh, there was a... Uh, king coming against the people of God and coming against Israel. And they said, who are you? Who is telling this king of Israel my secrets? They said, no, they have a prophet. And he's, he said, he sees and hears everything that happens in your bedroom. If you say something or think something, he sees it by the glory of God. In other words, God will start to show you the problem before it even comes up. Fasting will help bring that even stronger in your life. Verse 9, then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry and he will say, here I am. Have you ever been sitting there praying to God and you feel like he's not answering? Fasting helps get that communication line open. It helps clear the path where he's saying, God, you say, Lord, he goes, I'm here. I'm here. You start asking, look, look here. You will cry. He'll say, here I am. If you remove the yoke from your mist, uh, the pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness, and if you give yourself to the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then your light will rise in darkness and your gloom will become like midday. It won't be, it won't be gloomy days for you anymore. Depression will go. See, the fasting will empower you, give you a supernatural power to be who God's called you to be, to be the hands and the feet of Christ. And as you start to do that, gloominess goes away. There is no more gloominess. You just see the glory of the Lord 24 hours a day. You've got the hope of God. There's no depression or oppression that can hang on you because it just melts off of you. Yeah. Fasting helps you do this. Amen. Verse 10 He says, and if you give yourself to the hungry and satisfy Oh, I already read that. Verse 11 The Lord will continually guide you how many people would like to have guidance from the Lord in every step? Every step. Fasting helps you take you to that place where he constantly guides you. And then he says, he will satisfy your desire in scorched places. He will give strength to your bones. See, whenever, scorched places. Scorched places is where death and destructions come in. Nothing grows, right? Nothing grows in these places. But yet you will be satisfied. The world can fall to pieces, but you'll be satisfied. See, this is some of the stuff that the church has been missing. When the world didn't have answers, we're supposed to be the ones that have answers. We're supposed to be the ones walking in this level. And maybe you've never heard this before. Maybe you don't even really know Jesus. But I'm telling you today that God loves you. He's got a good plan for your life. And he wants to take you to the place where you are living this stuff out. It's not just a theory. It becomes a reality in your life. He says he gives strength to your, strength to your bones. You will be like a watered garden and like a spring whose waters do not fail. The waters of God, the spring of God's water to your life, the springs to your life will never fail. This is what it becomes when people start fasting. Verse 12, 
Those from among you will rebuild the ancient ruins. You will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets in which to dwell. In other words, not only is your life fixed, but you start being empowered to have other people's lives fixed. You start being empowered to walk it out where people just get around you and their life starts to work. This is what fasting brings us to. Can you see why the devil does not want us to have anything to do with it? Why he wants most of the church to not even have ever fasted a day? Why? Because of this. And what he gets them focused on is how they will feel during that. When they get them focused on the voice of the flesh instead of focused on the supernatural power of God to do it. If God said, when you fast, then when I go fast, he will empower me to do just that. Now, look at this. Let's look at, if you look at these verses... And verse 3 of the same chapter, you see something about the fasting attitude, though. One time I was fasting. It was during one of those extended fasts, and we were shooting uh, the Connection show. We have a weekly show that plays on the radio and plays on, the, um, on YouTube and on the Internet and everything called Connection. And uh, ConnectionShow.org. Anyway, we were in the middle of taping that one day, and I was fasting, and I was just honestly ticked off. Why? Because I was hungry. I was just hungry. And I was mad. And I was irritated. And my flesh was, ah! And, and all of a sudden, you know, I just felt like everybody's doing stuff wrong. And, and it, at one time, they could do stuff right. Make it today. Don't you know that my flesh is hurting? Anybody ever been there? Don't you know? Couldn't they just do it right this one time? And Nicole seemed to be the chief messer-upper. And she wasn't, I'm, she might have missed something, but it wasn't as bad as the way I was feeling it. And I was just, rah, 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 you know, I was just angry. And then the Lord led me back to this verse. Verse 3. You say, why the fasting attitude? Why have we fasted and you do not see? In other words, this is people asking God, hey, we're fasting, Lord. How come you're not helping us out here? How come you don't see? Why have we humbled ourselves and you don't notice? Behold, on the day of your fast, you find your desire. Oh. (laughs) And drive hard all your workers. You know what that looks like? Why are you doing Don't you know you can be nice for me? I'm fasting. I'm the one who's hurting here. I was looking at my desire and I was driving hard at everybody else. And this guy had to repent. And I was missing a part of fasting. In other words, fasting wasn't even working for me. I was paying the price, but it wasn't even working because I had the wrong attitude about it. And so it's important for us to understand that when we fast, it's not so that we can you know, let everybody know that we're fasting. And look, you need to be paying attention to my needs. I'm hurting right now. I'm hungry. No, 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 no. It's, it's about not even them being able to notice that. It's about walking and fasting in such a way that, hey, this is about me putting down the flesh, not paying more attention to it and causing other people to pay attention to my flesh. 
Ouch. Four, verse four. Behold, you fast for contention and strife and to strike with the wicked fist. And you do not fast like you do today to make your voice heard on high. Is it a fast like this which I choose a day for a man to humble himself? In other words, no matter what I'm feeling, say, I, I'm sorry. I missed it. So when we're in that fast, we want to make sure that we keep our attitude right. Look, I apologize. I'm sorry. I missed it. I was hurting. That's not an excuse. It's a day for me to humble myself and to understand, hey, you know, this is not the way I'm supposed to walk. It is, we fast, it is for bowing one's head like a reed. In other words, I'm going to back myself out and I'm going to honor and humble the Lord and his people. Be humble to the Lord. It's for spreading out sackcloth and ashes as a bed. Will you call this fast even an acceptable day of the Lord? In other words, if we don't, if we don't fast with the right attitude, we might as well not fast. When we need to know that going in, but then we especially need to know that and remember that in the middle of it. Because in the middle of it is when you're going to not be feeling like doing this. But that's exactly what we're doing. We're beginning to tell the flesh no and the Holy Ghost yes. We're saying, Lord, I'm going to give you myself. And when we do that, all of a sudden, all the power of that fasting goes to work in our lives. And why would we do this? Why would we fast in the first place? Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. God is always supposed to be first in our lives. Why are we giving God at the beginning of our year, beginning of 2019, why are we giving Him this fast? Because we want to give God our best. We want to give God our first. Lord, this year is your year. Are you with me in that? 2019, Father, this year is your year. This year is your year. It's not going to be my year. It's going to be your year in my life. It's your year. And if it's your year, then I'm going to give you the first of it. I'm going to give you the best of it. And you're going to have me. I'm going to say for the rest of this year, you've got me. I'm giving you my best. I'm going to honor you. And the Lord says, when you put him first like this, all these things will be added to you. But the truth is, many times we don't give him our first. We don't give him our best. I'm I'm quickly going to show you a few points here. You've got them highlighted in your note. But we have to honor him. Uh, 1 Samuel 2.30, the Lord says, those who honor me, I will honor, but those who despise me will be lightly esteemed. Despise here simply means that we don't esteem him. We don't esteem his things. Why would we say, why would Jesus say, when you fast, and then we never actually fast? Because what we've done is we've said, I'm not esteeming what you said, Jesus. I'm not esteeming it. I'm esteeming my flesh. See, and then we've got to say, why would I say that? Why would I do that? 
Because we're not truly operating with a heart of honor. And the truth is, this whole society and culture has taught us to pay attention to our flesh from the time that we could understand words till now. This whole society has taught us a system of corruption, not of godliness. And it's all been designed to give in to our flesh. Why? Because the devil knows if we'll live by the flesh, it'll end up in his way, stealing, killing, and destroying. And this is why God gives us his word. And he says, look, but if you'll honor me, I'll honor you. If you'll live by the Holy Spirit, he said, you'll have life and peace. So many of us are saying, God, why are you not giving us life and peace? Why don't I have life and peace? He's saying, I've given you all the tools to make it happen, but you've not chosen to honor me and put me first and to give me your best. You make all the excuses for not doing it instead of going after me, instead of getting hungry for me, more hungry for me than you are for food, more hungry for me than you are for entertainment, more hungry for me than you are for all the things that entertain you and take up your time. But if we'll get hungry for him, all of a sudden, the things of God, he will empower us to walk those things out. Listen, the Lord told me uh, in the middle of one of those extended fasts, he said, I want you uh, to fast media, not just for this period of time. He said, I want you to fast media for a whole year. That meant no movies for a whole year. No TV, no news, no Facebook, no scrolling, a whole year. I'm like, What? I don't know about that. Like, I don't want to do that. He's like, I know. <laughs> I know. Like, I almost wanted to do that more than I wanted to eat. Like, I wanted something to just rest and relax because that was kind of our downtime. Our resting and relaxing time is, you know, let's go watch, let's watch a movie or something. Let's see something. He said, I don't want you to watch anything for a whole year. From December to December. I went. Whew, that's a lot. He said, which are you more hungry for? Mm. Now it's got real, Lord. I said, okay, let me pray on it. <laughs> like, what's he going to tell me? Oh, now that you prayed, no, you don't have to go do it. You know, no, that's not how it worked. He said, you know, he just kept saying the same thing. But I was like, man, I won't. There's a bunch of good movies coming out this year, Lord. There's a lot of stuff. Well, I was obedient. And I stopped. And I, it was from like December 23rd to December 23rd from 2016 to 2017. And I'm going to tell you, that was right in the middle of all the election garbage and all that kind of stuff. And I walked around for that whole year and I just saw people angry, frustrated, scared, mad. And I was at peace. Amen. I was sitting there in perfect peace. And I'm like, you know what? We got to the end of that year and everybody was still here. The world had not collapsed. And but the difference was I walked in peace the whole year and most of the world didn't. Why? Because I wasn't watching the news. And I, I kept that habit. I'm like, I'm not going back to that. Why would I put a bunch of garbage in that's made up by corrupted people 
you know, just to sell ads. All they're trying to do is sell, oh my goodness, let a hurricane come close to the coast of North Carolina. Good gracious. Jim, Jim Cantori will be out in a ditch somewhere, you know. I mean, just, it's, it's like the apocalypse. Is, it's so irritating because all it's designed to do is get you in fear to sell ads. Oh, we got to track it. We got to see what's happening now. Listen, the Lord will tell you what you need to know. You got to learn to trust in him more than you trust in the news. You got to learn to trust in him. I'm telling you, I had the peace and the grace of God. It was such a blessing, but it looked like it, honestly, the 12 months passed so fast. It went by so quick. It seemed long a couple of times, but in the end, it really didn't seem long at all. It actually went really fast. But I'm telling you, at the beginning of it, it felt like I couldn't do it. I'm what, that's a long time. It really wasn't. But my flesh thought it was. Well, this is important. You know, we got to understand, our job is to honor him. And if we lightly esteem, lightly esteem what he asks us to do, then we're never going to walk in his things. You're never going to walk in God's things if you don't consider what he says to be important. If you don't consider what he says to be important. Most people start considering what he says to be unimportant at 12 noon in church. It's part of the reason why we go longer. Not on purpose. Well, sometimes we do. But we've decided we're not going to be a people that's moved by the clock. We're moved by the Spirit of God. Lord, what do you want to do? I told you, you know, some, we have guests here today. We're not a church. You know, some people love us. Some people hate us. Some people don't know what to think about us. Listen, we're not a church that's sitting here trying to appease to the flesh. We're, we're seeking to serve and minister to the kingdom of God. We're, see, we're seeking to please the Holy Ghost. We're seeking to please our Father. We're seeking to please Jesus. We're not seeking to please our stomach. We're not seeking to please a clock. We're not seeking to please a government. We're not seeking to please uh, all these different things that the world calls important. Lord, you are important in our lives. You are first. You're the one that we honor. And because of that, you start to honor God like that and you'll see honor in your life. That's where most people miss it because they don't honor him in those ways. They constantly honor all the things that the world has taught them to make important. And because of that, they don't see the healing of God. They don't see the power of God. They don't see jobs. They don't see promotions. They don't see overflow in their finances. They don't see $950,000 worth of debt be erased. Because they, they've decided I'm going to honor what the world's taught me to honor and not what the Lord has taught me to honor. You know, you go into Acts. Did, would you agree that in the book of Acts they had the power of God? Yep. Would you agree they had the power of God? Yes. Yeah. Look at what they did. They weren't, they weren't hanging around. They weren't sitting there going, oh man, uh, what are we going to do? They weren't sitting around going, well, he's past that time. No, they were sitting there. Paul preached all the way to midnight. Dude fell out of the window, died. He, got, he raised him back to life. The power of God was there. And then all of a sudden, when, when he falls to the ground, he goes on and preaches till 
daybreak. 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 But they moved in the power of God. Why? Because they honored God first. They honored him. They honored him. Are we honoring him this year? Are we honoring him in this year? We have to give him our best. Look at this. Why are we fasting like this? Exodus 13, 11, We honor God with our first. Now when the Lord brings you to the land of the Canaanite as He swore to you and to our fathers and gives it to you, you shall devote to the Lord the first of every womb and the first offspring of every beast that you own. The males belong to the Lord. With the first. He, basically the, this land is the promised land. In other words, when you come into salvation, your heart and your thinking should turn and you should start to get to the place where the, you think, Lord, you're getting my first. You're getting my first. And then all of a sudden you see this, uh, Numbers 18, 29. It says, out of all your gifts you shall present every offering due to the Lord from all the best the sacred part from them. Honor presents the best and the holy. Honor presents our first. Honor presents our best and our holy. Honor is our best in abundance. In the story of Cain and Abel, you look at this, uh, when uh, Cain and Abel are born, uh, Abel starts to uh, basically become a keeper of the sheep. Cain tills the ground. And you'll notice this, uh, look in verse 3, Genesis 4, 3. So it came about in the course of time that Cain brought an offering to the Lord of the fruit of the ground. Verse 4, Abel on his part also brought the firstlings of his flock and of their fat portions. Now that word right there is so very important, of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and for his offering, but for Cain and his offering he had no regard. Now, regard means, uh, if you look at the full notes, it means to look at and consider. In other words, the Lord looked at Abel's offering and he considered it. But he didn't even look at Cain's offering or consider it. Why? Because of the fat portions. That word right there, fat portions, means this. It was his best in abundance. It was the choice parts. In other words, when Abel went to bring an offering, he said, where is my best lamb? Where is the choice one? In other words, where's the one that everybody would want to buy? The one, the one that would bring me the most money in the marketplace. Where is that one? Let me bring you that and bring those choice parts. Let me bring you the best. And when we bring God the best, God says, that is worthy of looking at and considering as a good offering. But see, we know that Cain didn't do that because it tells us that his offering was not even regarded. So what Cain did is he said, I'll just bring something. How many of our offerings and how many of the things that we do are not even regarded by God because we just like throw something at God? Do you know how often I get asked, uh, well, I've got some rundown stuff. Uh, what, could the church use it? Could the, 
Could the church use this? I've got some rundown stuff. Could the church use it? It's very often, very often that you have somebody say, I'm going to go buy the best stuff brand new and bring it to the church. What size do you need before I go buy it? Now, I'm not bringing you my last. I'm going to bring you the best to give. I'm going to bring you the best. I'm going to give you the choice part. See, this is a part of the problem because in America, we've turned the church into a charity who will just take anything. We don't take anything. No, 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 no. This is supposed to be a place of honor and the best. The best of our time. The best of who we are. This is supposed to be the place of our best. It's not the place to just bring anything. Well, at least something will be in the basket. No, it's got to do with our heart. Is this our best? Is this the choice part? Is this what we want to bring our best to the Lord? Are we honoring God or are we despising, lightly esteeming Him? So many times, uh, often, uh, you know, people say, well, let's, let's have a yard sale. Let's have a yard sale and raise the funds for our church. We're not having a yard sale. Amen. We're not having a yard sale. What? So we can make $200, uh, $200 off of a bunch of junk? Right. No, take it to the dump. Yep. Take it to the dump. Well, that's not being a good steward. Let me tell you about being a good steward. Being a good steward is taking this word for what it says and bringing our best to the Lord. Listen, if people were bringing their best to the Lord in their tithes and offerings, you wouldn't have to ever have a yard sale. But because people haven't done that and they haven't brought God their best, then we're not getting the best. Because those who honor me, God will honor See, this is real stuff that people don't deal with. They don't, they don't deal with in their thinking and in their mind. And they think, oh, well, this is, this, I wonder if the church could use this. Don't bring that stuff to me. Don't do that. Why? Because you are crossing what God says about his word. Now, look, if somebody needs something and we've got something, you know, uh, we've got something in abundance and excess in our lives and it's still in good working order and you can use it, then we'll share that. We're not throwing that stuff away. But at the same time, we've got to get out of this mentality that thinks I'm just going to bring whatever's laying around. That is not godly mentality. That is not godly mentality. Godly mentality is the best in excellence. The choice parts. Honoring him with the first and the best. And listen, what the word teaches us on this is, if we, don't, if we do not bring the choice and the best to God, he doesn't even consider it. Now, we're not talking about amount. We're talking about heart. We're talking about heart. It's not amount. You remember one of the offerings, the biggest offerings ever in the Bible was basically two pennies, two mites. Those two mites were a small amount, but this lady brought all of her heart in those two pennies. She brought all of her heart in those two pennies. It was the choice and the best. See, a lot of times in our giving, why are we wanting to fast during this period of time? Because we want to give God our best. We want to give him our choice items. 
We want to give him the stuff that is our best. Lord, right now, this is the time of year, it's cold, and, and I, I normally would be eating like a bear for hibern hibernation, but I'm going to give you my best. I'm going to be giving you all of me. I'm going to be giving you what my flesh really, really wants. But this year is yours. This year is not mine. This year is yours. And I'm going to prove it by going into a fast, by going into prayer and fasting. I'm going into my best. And I'm giving it to you. You look at Exodus 23:19. Honor brings the choice fruits. You shall bring the choice fruits of your soil into the house of the Lord your God. Honor is trusting God and should come from our wealth. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. See, part of the thing that we miss about our giving, this is why giving in tithes and offerings is so important. And we'll, we'll get into a little bit more of this, but it's, a, it's an area of trust. Lord, do I actually trust you? Do I trust you? Because if I trust you, I'm going to give you my best. I'm not going to withhold it for myself. But if I don't trust you, I'll try and keep it for me. I'll try and keep it for me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him. He will make your path straight. In other words, He'll make life easy. If we'll trust in Him, He'll start to make life easy. He'll start to straighten out those paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce. Now see, we're talking about giving here. You've heard me say this so many times. That giving is the beginning of Christianity. And a lot of people have a problem with giving. And that's why they can never get into the meat of God's promises. Because they don't even understand the tithes and offerings. And they, get, they start getting clam, they clam up as soon as you start talking about money. But if you'll get on top of money, if you'll start to understand and know how money and honor works in that way, all of a sudden the rest of the kingdom of God will open up to you. The power of God will open up to you. The things healing of God, the provision of God will open up to you once you start to understand how to honor Him starting with finances. See, if we can't honor Him in our finances, then we have a very hard time honoring Him with our food. We have a hard time honoring Him with our thoughts because we've not learned to trust Him. Listen, Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce. This is why when it goes to honor, one of the first places to look at is, what are my finances doing? What, what am I doing in my tithes and offerings? What's happening there? Tithing, giving, and honoring, it teaches us to reverence God. Deuteronomy 14.23, it's talking about tithing. Then look at the last uh, sentence. Uh, the firstlings of your herd and your flock, that you may learn reverently to fear the Lord your God always. In other words, tithing teaches us reverence. Let me put it this way. Giving teaches us reverence. Let me put it this way. Honoring, which is what tithing and giving is, it teaches us reverence. And when we reverence God, we're honoring God and God will honor us. 
Can we have the full honor that God wants for us without honoring him? It's not possible because he set it up as one of his ways. We can't have the full honor in our lives. How many people would like the full honor of God in your life? Man, I would. I want the full honor of God in my life. But I can't get there unless I start to honor him. And I don't even begin to learn that kind of reverence unless I'm a giver. I'm a tither. I honor him. Or, let me put it this way, or I've learned to give him in my life when he asked me for things like fasting. If I can't reverence him there, I'm not going to learn to reverence him and I'm not going to learn to trust in him. And because I don't trust in him, my paths are not made straight. The honor of God doesn't come into my life. I have to learn how to give him these things and trust him in these things. Tithing, giving, honoring, it teaches us the reverence of God. And this is a way we're never going to get to the place of reverence that we need without grabbing a hold of tithing, giving, and honoring Him. Why are we talking about all this honor and giving? Because when we start to fast, we're giving Him the desire of our flesh. It's a gift. It's a part of our giving. It's a part of our offering. We're saying, Lord, I'm giving these things to you. I'm giving this to you because I love you, because I want to honor you, and I want to have a reverence for you, and I need your honor in my life. Honor should be planned and set aside, 1 Corinthians 16, 2. On the first day of every week, each one of you is to put aside and save as he may prosper so that no collections be made when I come. In other words, what he's saying here is Paul's getting ready to go and minister to the Corinthians. He's saying, start setting aside now. Set money aside so that when I come, you don't feel like you got to come up with some big amount. He said, look, plan the honor ahead of time. Set it aside. Seek it. For instance, when we have Kickstart, it'll be mostly ministering will be myself and Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. We'll both be here. We'll both be ministering throughout the whole week. We need to bless him with an honorable gift. Well, you should start seeking the Lord right now. Lord, I know he's coming. Let me start putting aside some right now. How much would you have me to put aside each week in order to be prepared so that when he gets here, I can give not just a gift, but an honorable gift. Part of the honor is to esteem something ahead of time and to say, look, I see this thing coming. I'm not going to be found empty handed when the time comes. No, because the Bible teaches me that I should never come before a man of God and not have something in my hand. I should never come before them without having a gift in my hand. That's Bible. And so why would somebody come into here and I hadn't thought about it, I hadn't planned for it, I haven't believed God for it. And see, when you become that sower in your heart, all of a sudden what will happen is God will give you the seed to give in that time. What will happen is if you say, all right, I know he's coming here, I want to honor him, I'm planning ahead. Lord, I ask you for seed to sow into your life. In between now and then, you'll, you'll get a bonus at work. You'll get some kind of extra. Somebody will hand you something. And then when you get that in your hand, you say, Lord, what is this for? Don't just assume it's all for you. Lord, what is this for? And, you, and you know, we know that anything that's increased, 10% of that is the tithe. 10% of it will go there. Then you've got the 90% left and you say, Lord, what is this for? And he'll say, oh, that's for that kickstart meeting to give to Ted. Oh, glory to God, I ask you for it. And that's why it came in, because you 
esteemed ahead of time and asked him for it. Many people don't have the supernatural in their lives because they don't honor God in their thoughts and their thinking. And they don't plan for the things of God. And that's why they don't have the supernatural provision for the things that they need. This is why what we want to do is we want to get it in our heart to be the kind of people that honor God ahead of time. We want to honor God with our thoughts. We want to plan ahead of time. So uh, we want to make sure that we have, we, it's okay even to plan. Well, if I'm planning to give something and I'm setting up my plan, it's kind of like Nicole and I going on a date. In our, in our calendars and everything, if we don't plan to go on a date, we don't. We don't get on the date. Well, I shouldn't have to schedule romance. That's silliness. But uh, no, I want to plan ahead. This is the Lord right here teaching us that planning to honor is the right thing. Right. I want to plan. Look, if we don't schedule it, then all of a sudden our time, we end up giving our time to people. Hey, I need a phone call. I need right. some counsel on this. And all of a sudden we end up and we don't take that time for each other. That's wrong for us to yeah. do. So we schedule that time. We schedule and plan that honor for each other. We esteem that relationship. We esteem that and honor each other in that so that we make sure that it's not missed. Well, it's the same thing with God. If I don't plan it and I don't think about it ahead of time, a time will just go by and those things will be missed. It's important for us to schedule that honor and to plan that honor for honor to become a part of who we are. Honor is to be is given supernaturally through our heart. 2 Corinthians 8, 2 and 3 says that in a great ordeal of affliction, their abundance of joy and their deep poverty overflowed in the wealth of their liberality. For I testify that according to their ability, listen to this statement, and beyond their ability, they gave of their own accord. See, they didn't just give what they had available to them, they gave beyond their ability. In other words, what they said was, Lord, we want to be a giver. And so we're going to draw on you to give even more than we should give. Now, forget about tithing and giving for a second. Let's go back to fasting. Lord, I might not feel like I have the ability to fast, but I'm going to trust you to give me the supernatural strength to be able to do what you've called me to do. I'm going to ask you for that strength. I'm going to draw on that. In other words, honor doesn't just give. It gives out of a supernatural abundance. It gives out of a supernatural strength. And it draws on the power of God. Honor is a sweet smell to God. If you look in Philippians 4, 15 through 19. You know, everybody knows the verse, verse 19, it says, And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And everybody wants to quote that verse, but what they don't see is the verses in front of that, that he will supply all those needs because they were givers. Because they were honoring of the things of God. And what he says that those gifts there that they give, if you look in verse 18, he says, This gift is a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. When we give of ourselves in honor to the Lord, all of a sudden the Lord says, That is the kind of gift that I will have regard for. I'll see it. I'll consider it. And I'll repay it. But 
with multiplied return on it. He said, that's the kind of gift that's well-pleasing in my sight when we honor him in that way. See, I knew that when we talked about this this morning, this is one of the things that was going to happen is it's going to challenge us on, are we honorable? I know just in preparing and looking at some of these scriptures, I personally was really challenged. Like, is some of the stuff that we're giving, is it as honorable as it needs to be? Are we honoring God the way that we should or are we just giving out of what we already have? Are we actually taking the time to make it honorable, to make it holy? Are we asking the Lord, Lord, what would you have me to give? Is there more beyond this that we can give? Is there more that we can give in our love? Is there more there that we can give? And so if we get to that place where we do that, we'll walk in the place of God's honor all the time. But we've got to challenge ourselves and not just get comfortable. You know, when Nicole and I first started coming uh, to church and we would give, our tithes and offerings like it was a challenge just to give our tithes like we had to believe God just to give 10% like we had to believe God and we don't have to believe like that anymore but are we still treating them with the same honor like it cost us something when we first started to give a tithe it felt like it cost us something like are we going to be able to pay these bills are we going to be able to do that? It cost us something. And when we would give that, oh man, it would honor. But the question is, now that it doesn't, we know that we'll be able to pay those bills. And here's the question that we have. Are we still bringing it to the Lord in the same level of honor and giving? Is our, is our offerings over and above the tithe? Are our offerings over and above that? Are we bringing them in honor? Oh Lord, this I honor you with this gift. I honor you with this. Are we going into 2019 with our fasting going, glory to God, I get to give my flesh over to the Lord and I get to fast. We honor you with this fasting. We honor you by giving you our best, our choice fruits, the, the core of our heart. Do we esteem you? How Are we honoring you with this? Or are we just doing it because pastor said we need to do it? Are we making it of that Worthy, honorable, giving? Are we just going through the motions? When we come in on Sunday morning, are we coming in in our best reception we can be? Are we just going through the motions and checking the box? What are we doing? Are we honoring God? Because see, those who honor him, he will honor. Why am I preaching this message? Because I want you honored above all your fellows. I want you favored in the world. I want the glory of the Lord to shine in you and around you. But if you don't walk in honor, you won't have it. If we don't walk in honor, we won't have it. If we're not a church who honors the things of God and puts his things first, you know, I praise God. We've got more people praying uh, on Sunday morning than we've ever had before. Glory to God. That's worthy of praise. I mean, we have more people coming for corporate prayer than we've ever had before. And we're seeing some things happen. But is it everything that we have? Is it the fullness of honor? Or is it, you know, are we still as a body 
like holding back some of ourselves. And this is what it looks like when we come in and we're not really ready to pray or we come in and, and, and we're, you know, I don't really want to be here, I'm just here. See, it says the willing and obedient will eat the good of the land, not just the obedient. Have we gotten willing in our heart? Have we gotten honorable in our heart? Have we gone after God? See, a lot of times, remember, God's not withholding any good thing from those who walk uprightly. But how many people have seen every good thing in their life? I haven't seen every good thing. So then what's the difference? Why are we not seeing it? Because we haven't played our part. And a lot, a lot, a large, large portion of our part has to do with honor. It has to do with how are we bringing, are we bringing our choice and our best? Are we bringing our first? Are we just treating it haphazardly? Oh yeah, I'll I'll give whenever. I'll give whenever. Yeah, I'll, I'll figure that out later. Are we bringing our choice and our best? Are we honoring him? Are we bringing an expectation to the creator of the universe? You're meeting with me this morning. Just close your eyes right now. Because I don't, I don't, are you walking in here this morning knowing that your life is going to change? Are you walking in here this morning knowing that things are going to go a different way? Are you expecting to walk out the doors and it pretty much be the same? See, if you're expecting to walk out the doors and probably have the same problems that you had when you walked in, you're not bringing your best to the Lord. Because you're not bringing expectation that God is who he says he is. If you're, if you're sitting in here and you're like, well, I, I'm going to walk out and my body is going to still be the same. I'm going to walk out and my, and my family situation is still going to be the same. My health is still going to be the same. My finances are still going to be the same. You're not honoring God with that thinking. You're not honoring God with that heart. And that's what's holding us back so many times. And listen, I am preaching to myself right now. I'm not just preaching to you. I'm preaching to myself. This is something I need to work on myself. See, this is something we constantly need to check ourselves and judge ourselves and challenge ourselves. Because we've gotten so much in the motions that we drop the honor. We've dropped the honor. And this is what's been wrong with churches because we've dropped the honor and there's been no power in what we're doing. And we need to be the kind of people that stay up on top of that honor where we never let it drop. We never let it fall back. Where the power and the glory of God starts to manifest and it never withdraws. It never falls back a step or two. No, it stays at that place. But truth be told, you know and I know, we've not been honorable. Now, every head bowed, nobody looking around. If you know that's true, just nod your head in your seat. If you know that's true. And see, that's the kind of place where we have to deal with. We can't just leave that sitting on the table. We've got to say, Lord, I, I recognize it. I see it. And I will not walk out of this place today the same. I won't walk out of here at the same level of honor that I've had 
If, I'm, if I've been sick, I'm walking out healed. If I've been destitute in my finances, I believe the favor of God is working on my behalf right now. And things are changing right now as Pastor Brian speaks. If I need restoration in my family, I believe that when I walk out today, things are different. It will not be the same old, same old. I have an expectation of my father doing good things in my life. And in this new year, this new year, 2019, will not be 2018. And I will prove that I believe that by going into this year and giving my best. This year will be a year of my best. This year will be a year of my first. This year will be a year of honor. I'm reminded of two stories in the Bible. Just keep your head bowed and just listen. I'm reminded of two stories in the Bible. One is Abraham. Talking about honor. He dreamt of one thing for 25 years. A son from God. 25 years. 25 years he dreamt. During that time, he was challenged in his faith. He took actions that showed that he was up and down with his faith. But when he decided to trust God and honor him... God took that faith and counted him righteous. He was the father of our faith. And after 25 years of believing God, he got the very thing that he'd been believing for, a son from the Lord. And then in Genesis 22, the Lord says, give me your best. I want you to give me your son. I want you to give me your son. The thing, the very thing that was my promise to you, I want you to give him to me. I'm not even talking about giving up your most valuable possession today. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about giving him one year that's all out for him. Starting by giving him fasting and prayer for 21 days. I'm not talking about a 25 year lifelong dream. I'm not talking about the very promise, the, the promise of God. I'm talking about, Lord, I'm going to change my way of thinking. I'm going to start to honor you in everything that I do. I'm going to honor you, and I will see a difference. Abraham gave him the very best, the promise from God. He gave him to him and went to sacrifice Isaac. God stopped him, but his sacrifice and his faith and trust in the Lord, it says he trusted him, even if, even if Abraham sacrificed him, that God would bring him back to life, that God would bring about that promise 
in another way, that God would bring it to pass. He trusted God. See, honor, is a, it goes hand in hand with trust. Lord, do I trust you? If we trust him, we'll honor him. If we don't trust him, we won't. Lord, do I trust you? That action by Abraham planted the seed for the father to give Jesus his son. Abraham's action of giving his best opened up the door for the greatest promise of all time to be released into humanity. What will your honor do? You don't know every fruit that will be produced from your seed of honor. You don't know what that fruit will be. But I can promise you this. If you're giving in accordance to the will of God and you're giving with a heart of honor, it will be regarded on high by your Father. He will love you, He will see you, and He will bless you, and He will honor you as you honor Him. The second story I'm reminded of is the lady with the alabaster box. The box she broke over Jesus' feet seemed like such a waste to everybody around. But it was the fullness of God's honor. What she broke over Jesus' feet anointed him for his death and burial and made him smell good. And it cost a year's wages. Can you imagine working for a solid year simply to make someone smell good because you wanted to honor them? Honor doesn't care about the cost. And it doesn't care about their reputation. It just says, Lord, I'll choose you. Lord, I choose to honor you. I know this morning I'm talking to some people that want to honor God. I can sense it in my heart. I can sense it in your heart. People that are saying, I'm tired of doing this the way I've been doing it. I see today that there's a different way. There's a higher way. I'm just going to ask everybody here that feels that honor in their heart just to quickly come to the altar. Just lay down. <coughs> lay down at the altar the dishonor of the past and rise up an honorable person. And as we go into this year and we go into prayer and fasting, we recognize, Lord, I'm giving you my honor. It's not just going to be a small thing. I'm giving you me in this fast. I'm giving you me. And I will give it with a heart of honor. And if the Holy Ghost today is challenging you to say, hey, today's your day where honor changes, where you go from low or light honor and you go to high honor and you'll never be the same. And I will honor you from this day forward because of your honor. If you're being challenged by the Holy Spirit that that's, that's it, today's your day to switch that and to make a difference, then I want you to come up to the altar. Not talk to me, I just want you to talk to the Lord. Come up to the altar and seal the deal. Say, Lord, today's my day. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on up now. Today's my day. I'll never be the same. I'll never be the same.
Today is my day. I'll never be the same. Lord, we praise you and we worship you. Thank you, Father, for your honor. Ushers, you can come on up too if you feel led to. You don't have to ush. Hotaroma ayetene estu from a coribiaste day. May hate you go to Freyman's day. The word says when you pray in the spirit, you pray out the perfect will of God. Lord, today's the day where our honor changes. And because our honor to you changes, your honor to us changes. We will not be the same. If you're still sitting there, you're welcome to come at any moment. Say, I need to get up there. I need a change in my life. I need a difference in my life. If that's you, come on up now. Lord, I just ask that you bless and seal every heart of honor today. Thank you, Father, for showing us your truth and changing that honor. Yep. Lord, we will not be held back by physical means and fleshly things any longer. But we will run in the power of God. You're looking to show yourself strong on our behalf. Father, we thank you for it. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. Today is a day of new honor and new levels and new promotion and new favor in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. I'm telling you right now that the people that are up here, their lives are changing. God's rewriting things in your heart and you'll never be the same. Holy Ghost, strengthen them and empower them to be who you've called them to be. Let nothing be held back. Overflow them with your power to be those whose heart is pure towards you. That you might show yourself strong on their behalf. Lord, do a work. Do a work. In Jesus' name, do a work, Lord. So, me included, Lord, do a work. <laughs>